Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. So no Champions League final for City this year, following a crushing defeat in Madrid. However, in the league, City bounced back with a five-star performance against the Magpies and Spurs did as a big favour against Liverpool. To discuss that and much more, I've got three guests. Welcome to Edward Timpson. Hi, Edward. Hi, Nigel. Welcome to David Blakeney. Hi, David. Hi, Nigel. And last and certainly not least, welcome to Tony Newgrosh. Hi, Tony. Hello. Tony, let's start with the Champions League exit, please. City probably should have won it and been well out of sight after the first leg, but we uh, we only took a one-goal advantage into that second leg, and then Mares scores and gives us a two-lead advantage again. What went wrong, Tony? How did we lose that one? I'm still trying to work it out, actually, Nigel. Having led the tie for 179 minutes and not given Madrid a shot on target until the 90th minute of the second leg, it's it's quite extraordinary, really. But, you know, we've done it to other teams in the past. We, we all gloat about the Aguero moment. And I think we just have to try and take the positives that we contributed to a fantastic game of football. Uh, and we're just, I think, just unlucky, quite frankly. Now, yeah, we gave away a two-goal lead four times. You might say, well, that's not unlucky, and we need to learn from that. All right, I take that. But just wasn't our night in the end, and I'm afraid we have to live with it and take the positives, and we'll build on it next year. Is that how you feel, Edward, as well? Just take the positive, very positive spin from Tony there. Do you, do you have any sort of negative feelings as well? Um, well, yeah, I've got plenty of those. Uh, but I... <laughs> but I but I, w- I would start with a positive, actually, which was just to build on what Tony said. It, it, it was a fantastic game of football, the drama. It's why we love the game, because you never quite know. We always say, never leave the stadium before the end of a game. Uh, it, was the, it was the same as the game on, um, s- on Sunday, which we'll, we'll come to uh, shortly. Uh, but there's, there's, there's always a twist and a turn, particularly, it seems, when City are playing Champions League knockout. And, but we do have this habit, turning to a few of the negatives, we do have this habit of giving away a sort of a brace of goals very quickly. We've done it uh, against Liverpool, done it against Spurs, 
probably one or two others uh, that I've tried to wipe from my memory. And, and here we go again, at probably the, the, the worst possible moment in, in the game, particularly, as Tony said, they hadn't even had a goal threat, a, goal, a shot on target, nothing. Uh, for the whole game, and we controlled it so beautifully. When the Mares goal went in, thought you know that we've absolutely played a blinder here. Um, but you you think back to uh, some of those um, chances we had towards the end to seal it again. Foden had a chance. Uh, I think um, Grealish had a couple of chances. So you know it was not as if that, that it wasn't dang, dangled in front of us for us just to to you know, kick, kick it over the line, uh, as it were. But Real Madrid did the most uh, irritating thing that Real Madrid can do, which is soak it up, not play particularly attractive football, and then just have the killer punch. And we just didn't have a response. Um, so, yeah, it was gutting. Uh, it was it was almost like being in the stadium when uh, Sterling's uh, goal to beat Spurs was... Uh, ruled out by VAR as having gone ballistic in the stadium. I was I was at home for this one. So I was sort of suddenly went from uh, uh, sort of my chest was pumped out thinking we're going to be in the final, get, trying to get a ticket to go to Paris and then um, it all gets taken away and there I was, I was sitting on my, my lonely Todd having to soak all that up um, in my sitting room at home. So not not quite, quite as deflating because it was just me on my own. But um, we, we do, but we do have to learn from it. Tony's right. We've got to make sure that um, next time uh, we find ourselves in that position, we are ruthless. David, how do you feel? Um, a lot of people say kind of a, almost a bigger disappointment at the semi-final stage than maybe there was at the final in Porto. Like Edward, I wasn't there. I was at the final at Porto. I was very fortunate to get a ticket and, and be there for the final last year against Chelsea. And almost, I, I, I agree, I think I feel almost more disappointed because we were so far ahead uh, in the tie over two legs to, to then lose it in, in the final minutes is, is crushing, isn't it? Uh, it was crushing. I would rather go out in the semi than lose to Liverpool in the final, especially as we would have three key players missing. So, number one, yeah, if we're going to go out, I don't think I could stand losing to Liverpool in the final. So, I think I'd rather lose this one than that one, without a doubt. The second thing is... I think two things happened. We lost concentration at the back because when Walker went off, we just weren't the same without Walker in both legs. And we had Walker fit in both legs. We would have definitely gone through. That's where our weakness was. The second thing is, was that we a little bit, we haven't learned last year when we played both, I think the Real Madrid and the Paris, well, the Paris Saint-Germain game, we weren't as greedy. And I think in this game, a bit of greediness came back into it. A number of occasions when we would normally lay it square like we did on Saturday, we didn't lay it square. And there was a great example. Greedish did a brilliant run, but he went for goal when Foden's just there with a tap-in. And last year, do you remember, that both goals were just well squared from Foden tomorrow as he scores on them. So I think we haven't learned from that. We need to be less greedy. And I think all the way through, everyone was trying to score. That was a problem for me. Um, and then the rest was just momentum, isn't it? You get one, you get two. And we all knew it was going to happen. <laughs> Once that first go in, you knew what was going to happen. But, yeah. 
Uh, what about Pep Edward then? So, so obviously the, the critics will say that you know he's failed. Um, he was brought in to win the Champions League for Manchester City. That was part of the deal, and he's failed again. And that that makes him a failure. And he it's he's to blame that he didn't set the team up well. He made those substitutions. You can argue. Where, where do you sit on that one? Are you you in the kind of Pep's got to take some of the blame or or not? Well, I think when we look at some of the other times we've been knocked out of the Champions League. He, he, he could be criticised for some of his team selection, think about the final last year, no holding midfield player, some of his tactics in, in previous games where we've gone gung-ho and maybe we should have tried to just tighten it up a bit more. Um, but I, I, I actually think it's a bit unfair on him, uh, the way that he's being sort of maligned for um, the fact that we've gone out of this stage. You know, we, we dominated that game, uh, in fact, both legs. If you look at the being ahead by two goals on, I think, four occasions... Uh, and there were very few things you could say that he was way off the mark tactically, the way he motivated the players, uh, the the execution, uh, which you know, he could, has only so much control over. Uh, some people tried to contrast his extremely passionate sort of display on the touchline compared with uh, with Ancelotti, who was a bit more of a sort of sit back and, and chew and, and watch what happens. Uh, but that's the way he, he gets his players going and, and they respond to it. So yes, you can, you can make little arguments here or there, but also you look at the con- contributions of those who came on. Yeah, Grealish could have won it. Uh, he b- brought Grealish on. I thought it played well. Um, he's getting better. So you, you, I think you can, you can argue it either way, but I think it's very fine margins on, on, on this occasion. And I, I would say, actually, you know what? Uh, we're far better off with Pep at the helm, uh, getting us to this stage of, of the Champions League and the Premier League uh, year after year. And, uh, and okay, I think, a lot of a lot of it that this year was it just didn't quite work out. How do you re- respond to the Pep critics, Tony? It's ironic. We normally criticise Pep for not making enough substitutions, don't we? And the one time he does make a few changes, did it work? Who knows? Who knows? Um, we're all just disappointed. If we'd gone through, if we'd held on for another minute, he would have been a genius. We didn't quite hold on. The worst decision we've ever made. It's always a bit of a gamble, isn't it? Yes, I was surprised to see De Bruyne come off, but who knows exactly how fit he was at that point, etc. Albeit he said it's tactical. We lost. We were just unlucky, in my humble opinion. I don't think you can say anything more than that. We had our fourth choice right back playing in the first leg. They scored. We gave away two very soft penalties. I thought, yes, they were penalties, but very soft penalties. Just didn't quite happen for us this time, but we will be back, and I do hope we'll learn. So, so David, two of my guests are very cleverly avoiding uh, criticising our great manager, probably the greatest manager we've ever had. But we haven't won the Champions League, and we got knocked out in the semi-final stage, having been ahead by two goals on four occasions in the tie. So you willing to stick your head above the parapet and, and criticise Pep on the Man City show? Well, I won't criticise him for this year. Yes, We'll criticise him for the Chelsea match and for the Lyon match. Uh, although, again, even in the Lyon match, it was just Sterling missing an open goal. That could have changed that tie. That might not be in his fault. I blame him for the Chelsea game, to be honest. I think a lot of the other games I'm not going to blame him for. It, you know, It's just one of those games, a bit like it takes 30 years for Liverpool to win the league, didn't it? It just takes a long time. When you break the camel's back, you break it. So I ain't going to blame him as well. And I actually thought everything he did right. He was very unlucky with the injuries we had. And, um, you know, when you look at Liverpool, 
And you think we played Atletico and we were brilliant that game. And it, what I don't understand is how do we manage the Atletico game in that second half so well? And then for the Real game, we can't manage it in the same way. And maybe it was just personal on the pitch at that time with, with the Walker situation. So maybe that was it. And the other thing is, I look, I look at the tables. Liverpool in the semi uh, played Benfica, who were 30 points behind Porto, who won it, who we beat 5-0. And then they get to play Villarreal, who are like 20 points behind Real Madrid, yeah, who walked their league. And I think we had a lot taken out of us in those games. What are you suggesting, uh, David, that it's fixed? Are you, is that what you're suggesting? That's not fair. I'm just saying... Now, we, I think we had so many hard games. It did catch up on us just in the last couple of minutes. They literally, if you think about it, the two Atletico and the two Real Madrid games had about two bad minutes out of all four games. It was just unlucky. Does anybody come out with credit from the two ties, David? Obviously, we, we've lost. Uh, we're, we're, we're out of the competition again. Um, anybody come out with, with credit? You've mentioned Grealish, and we'll obviously come on to his performance at the weekend as well against Newcastle. Um, he's starting to perform, isn't he? Well, Grealish, the last two games, has suddenly become the Grealish we expected him to be. I thought he was really good both games. What was the difference against Newcastle, by the way, versus the Real Madrid game? He wasn't greedy. The pass he made for that goal was just brilliant. If he'd done the same in the Champions League, we would have been through. And maybe he learned and maybe he watched the videos. because And, and he's suddenly got a freedom. I think there's nothing to lose and he's suddenly been allowed to play. I think De Bruyne's been brilliant. Yes, he didn't have, he had one bad game against Rail, but in general, people like De Bruyne's been great. Foden's played well. I'm, I think I'm very proud of our team. I think we've been brilliant. And what a response, Tony. Uh, you know, <laughs> Newcastle, who are on a bit of a roll, um, wanted probably to come and prove a point. And what a fantastic response at the weekend from the Blues. No, I thought we were magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. There was everyone would have loved to have seen us fail at that point, but just the, the physical exertion they put in, the performance, it was the performance of champions and exactly the fillet we needed. I think it sets up very nicely. I mean, it was an astonishing statistic in the second half, wasn't it? We had 108 passes to zero at one point. Um, we dominated against a team who've been playing very well, who had nothing to lose. Uh, I was extraordinarily proud of the boys. Uh, the perfect response, Edward. Absolutely, the perfect response. I was, I was there. It was a great atmosphere. Um, people really behind the team, and they they came out with um, they were really, really strong desire to you know hung, hunger to to first of all first of all put right what happened uh, over at the Bernabeu, but also this run into the end of the, the Premier League season. You know, we've been here before, some of these players, it's the very same position, one point ahead of Liverpool, but you've got to see it through to the to the very end. And I, I just thought the the application, uh, the slickness, um, the, 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 the the team, the way they gelled, uh, they played off each other. Everyone, everyone I think, bar none, uh, the, the odd, odd moment here or there, but bar none, were on top form. Um, I thought Zinchenko was was absolutely superb. Grealish we've spoken about. Hey, we didn't have Bernardo in the team um, and we didn't have Mares in the team. I thought Sterling had a much better game. 
Uh, I thought uh, Cancelo at right back, if we're looking at the injuries, we'll probably come on to, and that's the position he's going to have to hold now for the rest of the season. I thought he, he also gave us a, another dimension, uh, a bit different to Walker because he comes in inside a bit more. Uh, but he's still got a reasonable amount of pace, which is which is going to be vital in the run-in. So, yeah, it was um, it was a, a, a very champion-like performance, uh, one reminiscent of three or four seasons ago when we, we hit 100 points. Uh, and to see the front four, five or six really playing at the top of their game, no, one's, no one you came away feeling was um, sort of holding the team back. Um, it bodes well for the last three games. They're going to be difficult, but um, if we can keep that sort of style of play uh, that mentality uh, and that drive, then, uh, you know, we, we we should be in good shape. I mean, we can talk about the team performance and, and the pressing and, and, and even when they lost the ball, the, the, the way they, they harried and hustled to, to get that ball back, David, was, was fantastic. But going forward, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, just that masterclass. I mean, let's just sort of wax lyrical for the next four hours on that, can we? Because that was something else, wasn't it? I thought that was just world class. He was unbelievable. And you just watch it. It's like just watching. Do you remember they used to call Colin Bell Nijinsky? Well, he was certainly a Nijinsky. Now, the argument is, is Kevin De Bruyne the best player we've ever had? Is he better than Colin Bell? Because I tell you what, it's pretty close now, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think Colin Bell was as world-class as Kevin De Bruyne is, to be honest. It's a great argument to have. Uh, Tony, I don't think you remember Colin Bell. You're far too young to remember Colin Bell, but uh, I'm sure your granddad told you about Colin Bell. I I was at his comeback game in 77. I remember Colin Bell very well, albeit I only saw him after he was injured, so I never saw quite the best of him. But no, he was a fantastic player, and I had the privilege to meet him at Wembley a few years ago as well. So now I remember him well, and... What a what a blessing he was to have to our club. Now it was we were just magnificent yesterday, and we you couldn't have forgiven the players for being two three nil up and thinking, you know what, we'll ease off now. We've done it. We don't want to risk any more injuries. But they just kept going, and I can reiterate what's already been said. I thought the players who came in all stood up to the plate. Now Sterling, for once, I thought was absolutely direct, lethal in front of goal for once exactly what we're going to need for these next three games. So I think it wasn't just a scrappy victory that we'd all have taken and could have understood in the circumstances. It's absolutely set us up for three vital, crucial games that's going to be, well, I'm sure a difficult watch at times, but I think we can go in there with a fair deal of confidence now after after yesterday's performance. So, so lots of positives, a great team performance, lots of fantastic individual performances that you've picked up on. The one sort of sour note, of course, are those injuries, um, which is not great news. Walker, Stones and Diaz are not going to play any part now till the end of the season. That is a big blow, isn't it, Edward? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive blow. But at this stage of the season, the the heavy workload they put in. We, we were probably due one or two, but we, we have been particularly unfortunate to have those three key players uh, along the back line there all, all out at the same time. Replacement-wise, we just spoke about Cancelo. I think he can you know, do, do the job on the on the right uh, and Laporte will stay in, although he's he's gone slightly off the boil. If I was going to pick one on the back line, Laporte, although he scored yesterday, a few misplaced passes, concentration lapses every so often you need to watch that so who who plays alongside him um i, I would probably favor fernandinho mainly because of his experience uh, he's right-footed he can slot it slot in next to laporte like he did towards the end of the game against newcastle his pace is a bit of a worry 
um, depending on who we're playing against. Uh, and Zinchenko can play on the left, assuming they all stay fit. Um, there's been talk about Rodri going back in, into the back four, but no, I would keep Rodri where he is. Um, he's been um, exemplary in that position, scoring another header from, uh, I think, our 21st set-piece goal this season, the, the, the highest in the Premier League, which is a huge turnaround for us. I think we've only had one set-piece goal against us. Um, so part of that is because we have had that stalwart defence. So we, we do have to restructure it. I think we can do that over the last three games, looking at the opposition, um, as long as they all stay fit. Because though we had Egon Riley come in for his debut just towards the end, there, there is a, a, there's a few others um, in the academy who could step in, but be a lot to ask for them. Uh, at this stage of the season with the stakes so high. So let's hope that the four that we've got left um, can can do the job. Uh, uh, David, the one that Edward's not mentioned, of course, is Ake, who I think has got a bit of a knock, which is why he didn't start. And he's kind of another one who could also play clearly. Uh, he, he's, he could play at full-back uh, or at centre-back as well. How, how do you see sort of the this back line and, and the impact this could potentially have because I kind of agree with, with Edward my one concern about Fernandinho although he's magnificent and I think you all know from listening to the show every week I absolutely love Fernandinho and what he's done for our club he's just an absolute hero of mine I just am slightly concerned at, at whatever he is he's what 73 now um, and, and just that pace has gone a little bit and if you come up against a striker who's got that extra yard of pace he could well be caught out and that does worry me a wee bit yeah, I'm really worried about that. I think Fernie, however good he is, is a good footballer, but that pace will catch him out. Look, he got caught out, you know, previously in the last game, and um, I am really worried about that. I think Aki has played actually very well, but I don't think he's going to be playing against Wolves. But as long as he plays against West Ham, uh, I think West Ham's going to be... They're both going to be our games, but I think we need him back for the West Ham game. So... Yeah, I think it's a massive blow. I mean, you know, any other team with those sort of injuries would fight, will struggle. It is huge. So they're going to have to fight. Like uh, At least they don't have a Champions League game to worry about, do they? And they haven't got an FA Cup game to worry about. So in a way, we don't have that in between. So that might be one good thing for us. Now, we've just got three cup finals instead, Tony. That's all that's yeah. been described, I suppose. So uh, how, do you, how do you see it shaping up these, these next few games with this? Particularly, we'll, we'll come on to those games. I'm thinking particularly with our sort of back four. Yeah, it's not going to be easy, is it? And it's a difficult one with Ake because I think, I suspect with Walker and Diaz, they may have been brought back a little bit too quickly and unfortunately it's caught up with them. So do you gamble with Ake? I mean, you might take the view if we beat Wolves three points clear at least with two games to go and a better goal difference you're almost there back that one and then bring it home you can almost stagger over the line or do you take the view no let's hold him back for what I agree would probably be the tougher game against West Ham um, and keep him fit towards the end of the season but look it's the old the old cliches isn't it one game at a time etc etc let's just beat Wolves and then we'll worry about it but no certainly let's keep Roger in the middle of the park he's been magnificent of late and and he's contributing goals so I would not move him so if Ake's fit bring him in if not then it'll have to be Dino I don't think we've any other alternative 
So before we move on to those three cup finals, um, and you've touched on that already, just a couple of other sort of thoughts before we move on. Um, you know, I like kits. I, I, I love new kits and, and I, I love retro kits. And, and of course, we saw, and Edward, you were there, of course, you, you, you saw them warming up with their Aguero. Ten years since the Aguero moment against QPR, and they have the, kind of the Argentinian sort of styled, but it was in hoops rather than stripes, uh, with Aguero on the back. You, you, you a fan? You, were you in the, uh, in the shop? in the mega store at the end of the game queuing up to buy your new shirt your aguero shirt um I, I can't say that i took some time out to join what i don't i don't think it was a particularly long line uh buying buying them uh, out of the superstore um i think maybe the jury's out there one i've got to be very careful what i say though nigel because the the uh, third kit shirt that we've had this season which took the badge off and just has man city across that we wore for against real madrid in its uh, semi-final second leg um i um castigated it when I first saw it uh, and I now own one uh, because I've been, <laughs> I've been one round um, I, I've, de- I've decided it's come retro quite quickly um, so le- le- let's see how it how it pans out I mean the first thing is it's it's great to celebrate that goal again it isn't you know 10 years is, a, is an opportune moment to do it but I'll celebrate it anytime so maybe just have one so you can just keep reminding people that uh, nothing will ever be that but they, but they bring out so many new kits these days, it's very hard to keep up. It is. Uh, Tony, they've only made 2,012 of them, I believe. Um, so you, you're going to be in the queue for one of those? Well, no, but I will. I will. I hear through the grapevine that uh, Sergio is coming back next week um, to complete. There's, they've built a mosaic, I believe, outside the ground, and he's coming in to put the final stone. And my my old friend Fuzzy, I'll give him a mention, has been, has been helping to build that, and he's meeting Sergio next week. And, I'll see if I can get him an autograph for this show. So, yeah, Amazing. 10 years ago, um, what a moment that was. Um, so, so you mentioned Fuzzy now. So is, is, he a, is he a mosaic artist, Fuzzy, or a builder? What does Fuzzy He's do a builder, then? yes. Yeah, so That's Fuzzy a, the builder is, yes. is, is going to get Sergio's autograph for us, is he? Let's There's no pressure so. here, Tone. Can we digress for a second? I've got another friend who's a bed builder who made a bed for one of the United players, uh, and it's got MCFC card underneath on it, actually, which... Uh, <laughs> He doesn't know about. So that was that was Desi Dave who did that. So we'll give Desi Fantastic. a mention as well. Good boy, Desi. Desi, Desi, and who's the other one? Do we say Fuzzy? Fuzzy and Desi. We love them both for two very different reasons. Fantastic, uh, David. Talking of kits, because actually I think there's been rumoured um, the sort of new kit for next season is is very very sort of late sixties, early seventies with maroon Ooh. being introduced, and then of course red and black stripes. Uh, slightly horizontal so are you a fan of these retro going back a bit and, and the era that you and I both grew up in um, I'm a big fan of the round net blue sky blue retro kit not the black and white ones or, uh, sorry the red and black ones but yeah I've got a retro one at home but I just like the plain simple blue very good. Listen, let, let's talk about some transfer news. Um, one, I'm not sure how serious it was or how you feel about it. Uh, the other one sounds as though we might just be getting over the line. And I refer, of course, to a certain Paul Pogba, who's playing for a team at the moment from just outside Manchester. Um, Tony, how did you react when you when you heard Pogba? It could be a sort of a Tevez moment, couldn't it? A sort of welcome to Manchester moment. How did do you, do you feel this is a, a positive facility with Pogba sort of being potentially moving across from outside of Manchester to inside Manchester? Could that happen, do you think? Would you be excited by that? 
I'd be appalled, Nigel. Um, no, he's not. He's not a pet player, is he? And he comes with far too much baggage. And it's a shame because he can be world class on his day. But I think the risks far outweigh the rewards. I don't want us turning into a circus. So we'll we'll see him off at the airport and wish him all the best. Edward, do you feel similar? Uh, yes. Uh, I think this has been designed maybe to help Paul Bogpa's Twitter following or something like that. I don't know. But it certainly wouldn't be a Tevez moment as far as I'm concerned. The difference with Tevez, he came as uh, a, a massive signing into a team which needed a, um, a, a big player. And it, it was a real statement. Whereas I think if Pogba came to City, it would almost be a, the opposite of a retrograde because you know, he doesn't have the work rate. Um, he's unreliable. He can be magnificent on occasions. Uh, but as, as Tony said, there's, there's too many things going on behind the scenes. It, it would just cause... Um, we've, we've had players like that before. Uh, and uh, although they may have had an occasional moment, why always me and all of that, um, they end up just um, creating the wrong sort of fireworks. David, finally, on the uh, the Pogba story. Oh, very simple. You sign him as soon as possible, I'm afraid. You sell him a week later for £75 million and you go up yours to Man United because that would just be magnificent. That's my dream, but it ain't going to happen. But, <laughs> your... uh, you know what? Part of me, I do like... I think Pogba would be a completely different player for us, though. Whatever, you know, and we've all heard probably the big debate on Sky yesterday. He... How how can you say Pep wouldn't get the most out of him versus he hasn't had a proper manager at United where Pep would maybe get more out of him? I'm not saying we should, but I think he would be a very good player for whoever he signs for. Uh, we're not going to give him any more airtime, but we are, however, going to talk about a player who does sound as though it might be just be over the line. People talking about a medical at City in the next few days. Um, is the Haaland deal on and, and done as far as you're concerned, David? And how excited are you about that, if, it's, if that's true? Well, if anything was going to get me through last week, it's the fact of having Haaland next season. I just think it is the most exciting thing we've have most exciting player we've probably signed for a long time. I think what is quite amazing, you know, the other amazing thing is, is I'm going, thank goodness we did not buy, yeah, that Londoner for 150 million. <laughs> Buying Harry Kane for 150 million at 28 years old or what, 125, when you end up with a 21 year old or nearly 22 for 63. I know you've got add on fees and all the rest of it. But what a difference. But you could argue, and I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't come back to you and say, some would argue, if we'd had Harry Kane in that first leg, we would have been 37-1 up, never mind taking a one-goal advantage. We would have taken more than that, and we would be winning the Champions League, you could argue, because we haven't scored. We would have been way, way ahead in the Premier League, not just three points ahead with a slightly better goal difference. That's the argument that people would say. We have missed a striker, and we could have had it this season. We could have already won the Premier League and be in the Champions League final. Uh, Edward, is that, is, that, is, that fair? is that a fair comeback to David? Well, I think what we do know is that Pep has recognised, not just uh, by the back end of the season, but before last season started, that he wanted someone who fitted that mould. And 
that's why I was after Kane or Haaland or, and one or two others were in the picture. So, yeah, he, the, you, you can argue that. Of course, you never know whether they're going to get injured. Uh, Kane has had his injuries. Haaland's actually had uh, quite a few injuries this season, despite only being 21. Um, so you never quite know how it would pan out. But clearly they've identified that this is an area where the squad needs strengthening. I think we, as supporters, can recognise that there's been quite a lot of occasions in games where you think, actually, if only fill in the gaps, had been there um, as a ruthless uh, strike force, uh, they would get that goal in, uh, in and maybe just, uh, change the um, the whole uh, nature of that game uh, and, the res- and the result at the end of it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going to happen uh, and I very much hope it does. Uh, he's basically scored a goal a game in 88 competitive matches for Borussia Dortmund. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a Ronaldo, Messi standards, if you look at it from that point of view. Uh, and he's still only 21. And I, I love the fact that he has a connection to the club, um, which just adds a little bit of spice. Uh, and it will be interesting to see how, first of all, him and Alvarez, who is also going to be coming. I'm really excited about him. Uh, but also what that happens, what happens to the squad at, at the front of the pitch. Does that mean we're already thinking about leaving someone out, moving someone on? talk about Arsenal and being interested in Sterling um, today. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to happen. And if it does, um, boy, the, the, our competition next season are really going to wonder uh, how they're going to keep up with us. Excited, Tony? Haaland on his way? Oh, delighted, yes. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? And exactly what we need, as we said, he may have made a difference this season. We'll never know. But no, he speaks English. He knows the club, as we've said. It's it's a fantastic signing for the club. I'm very excited for next season. Let's talk then about these three cup finals then, Tony. Um, just, just go through these one at a time then, really. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Spurs did us a huge favour at the weekend, um, which... Uh, I didn't see Klopp doing his punchy thing to the crowd, you know, and that beating his chest. He didn't do that for some reason. Maybe he's not well, I don't know, but uh, uh, ho-hum. Your thoughts then, kind of uh, just to go through them, to remind ourselves, Wolves away on Wednesday. Uh, We've got West Ham away on Sunday, and then the following Sunday, of course, the final game of the season. It might all be over by then, of course, depending on how Liverpool get on, Um, but I suspect not. Um, We've got uh, Villa at home. Just just how do you see that panning out, and, and, and what an amazing tussle with Liverpool? Yeah, any other season, we'd have been home and dry in normal circumstances. So oh, you have to tip your, tip your hat somewhat reluctantly to Liverpool. They've, they've pushed us all the way. Three games, not going to be without the difficulties, all winnable. Um, ironically, for once, United would have done us a huge favour if they won, wouldn't they? Because I think West Ham can now potentially get in the Europa League places that they'll clearly be pushing for after the run they've had. So they'll be up for it. Um, Wolves can get into the uh, Europa Conference uh, Hippipare if if they win. So they're both going to be up for it. Wolves don't score many. Um, so, uh, you know, if you were going to play Fernandinho at the back, probably that's the game I would do it. But, you know, if we play anything like as well as we played on Sunday, I think we'll be fine. You know, if we can beat Wolves, we know a point against West Ham wouldn't be a disaster. We bring it home against Villa. Um, um I'm scared, I'm excited, but this is why we support a football team, isn't it? And beats losing away at Wickham. So I'll take it and we've just got to try and go with a ride and enjoy it. Bring it on. Are you scared, David, as well? Petrified. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. I don't know how much more I can take of this. But 
the, I mean, Wolves and West Ham are very hard games, both of them. Uh, I think they both had sort of mixed form. Obviously gutted that West Ham didn't get through to the final because that would have helped us. Well, um, so you just don't know. These next two games, you just don't know. Could we win? Yeah, we can easily lose one. We win one, then much stronger position. I just don't know. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's going to be hard the next two games. And I think Liverpool got slightly easier away games. I don't think Southampton are hard away. I've, I've forgotten who's, who's the other one they're playing. They've also got Wolves and Villa. Away? Is it Villa away, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And Wolves I was glad Villa got a good result mid uh, on Saturday. That might give them a bit of confidence <laughs> for their game. You know what? I really don't know. And I just, you know, I'm excited, but yeah, same. I'm petrified. <laughs> we've been here before, haven't we? And Pep's been here before. We've got a few players on that pitch, Edward, who've been here before. You'd like to think with that goal difference now and that three-point cushion, you'd like to think. But it's, or is it going to be a typical City? Oh, gosh. Where do we start? I mean, it, we have been here before. Uh, and, you know, it's a privilege in some ways, isn't it, to have a team that's always at the the right end of the uh, the, the business side of, of the season, uh, vying for the, the, you know, the top trophy. And actually, the turnaround on the goal difference has potentially been really significant. You know, we were, whatever it was, about eight, eight behind at one stage. And we've, we've knocked in 13 goals, I think, in the last three games. Um, so to have that four-goal cushion uh, is, is a bit of a fillet that I didn't see coming because essentially that could, like we know in the, the famous Aguero season, uh, that can be what uh, gets you over the line once uh, everyone's played their 38 games. But um, I think Wolves and um, the... Um, the Villa games uh, are the ones that are, if the Villa one is one that we end up being a competitive game going into, into the, the, the final match, they're the ones that I'm, I'm sort of most worried about. I, I mean, West Ham, I know I went to the game in the Carabao Cup where it was a terrible game, nil-nil, extra time, lost on penalties. Um, I, I don't know, I've just got a good feeling about that game. Uh, I think I think we can... Um, we can turn them over. But the, the Wolves one, we've had a couple of games in recent seasons. Uh, we lost them at home. I think I remember a 2-0 game, game. They did a couple of counter-attack goals. They got some pace as well up front. If, uh, if, if we're, if we're so, um, there's, there's lots of pitfalls. But you know, if we play, as the other guys said, if we play at the standard and the level that we played at um, on Sunday, it's it helps that the front five, six are all in form uh, and goals are going in from uh, contributors right across the, the the team. I think we should be OK, but you know, I think we have to just accept that we're going to have a few uh, hearts in mouths, uh, heads in hands, uh, and um, just those sort of wishing time away um, when the clock hits 80 minutes. There's going to be quite a bit of that going on, but you know, we, we, we love it, don't we? We do, and time will tell, and we look forward very much to the next couple of weeks. A huge thanks to my three guests, to Tony Newgrosh, to David Blakeney, and to Edward Timpson. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.